Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, ladies. So for this episode, it might be a little bit different, but a little bit the same, but kind of different, but also the same at the same time. So obviously, we usually have guests or Rachel and I talk about ways to improve different areas of our lives, business, confidence, all that fun stuff. But in the spirit of keeping things real, raw, and relatable, which is what we always want to focus on, I mean, obviously, everyone goes through some stuff. And I know Rachel and I are both at that point as well, too. So it's not let's talk about these things to be like, hey, negativity, hooray. It's to be like, hey, we all go through this kind of stuff. And here's kind of our plan of action to move through that as well. So um, just to give you ideas and ways of how we handle things when things happen in our lives. So... I'll go first. I guess. <laughs> Nobody wants to jump in and be like, hey, here's all my things. But um, so a lot of you uh, maybe know, maybe don't know, but for where I'm at right now, so I'm 25 weeks pregnant. Surprise. I don't know if I even mentioned being pregnant on, the, on this podcast, I guess, since the second one, but having a baby coming up here soon in May. Um, so pregnancy, I think all on its own causes a lot of hormonal issues for some people and makes you cry at all the things and just it can... It can be mentally draining as well as physically to be pregnant. But on top of all of those things, it's just um, my husband and I are moving to um, a new city. So new house. So, you know, moving mid mid pregnancy. So new doctors, <laughs> new new birthing area, new everything for all of that. And then as well as um, in the beginning of this year, I think everybody had COVID at the beginning of this year. Most people, not everybody, but a lot. I think we've seen a lot of our friends and family maybe go through that. And so my family was not the exception. We were definitely a part of that as well. And the crazy thing is, this is just my experience, so I don't know anyone else's, uh, but I feel like it messed with me way more mentally than it did physically. (laughs) For some reason, I was like not sleeping and like having all this anxiety of all these things that could happen that were terrible, which I, I can't say yes or no to this, because obviously I don't know, but I feel like a lot of it was because I'm pregnant. So you start thinking not just about your own health, but how this is affecting another person. So a lot of sleepless nights and then your mind, and I'm sure no one else has experienced this, but when your mind can start to wander and then it just spirals just down, right? Like you have one thought of something terrible and it leads to another and leads to another and leads to another where It almost feels like sometimes you don't have any control and it can be an overwhelming feeling, especially if you're someone that like my, I myself always consider myself to be a pretty damn optimistic, positive outlooking person. So when this happens, it's kind of scary because it's like, how am I not like, I'm all about empowerment and controlling your thoughts and and I and then I felt that that lack in being able to do so. So it really makes you question, you know, a lot of things. And once it starts going down that spiral, that slippery slope, it's a lot harder. Right, the more it goes, it's a lot harder to pull back out of that. So that's where I've been. I feel like January 2022 has been like my most challenging month yet so far, <laughs> but also a blessing in disguise because there's been a lot of good things that have come from it. Um, as well, which we'll I'll talk about later here too, because obviously we don't want to be like, hey, here's all the negative stuff, and then peace. Talk about the positives that come out of it and how we move forward with those two. But those were just kind of the challenges that I had been facing and I'm working on currently. 
Rachel, did you have any you wanted to share? Oh, yes. I mean, I feel like, you know, and I, I think I probably talked about this before or maybe in bits and pieces. I can't remember if we ever did an episode on it, but, you know, I think just overall, like it's been a freaking tough, tough, tough year. You know, I think I never really took the time to to process what happened in 2020, you know, the whole pandemic. And at that time, like, you know, our whole world is like, you know, just shaken up and the uncertainty, the fear, the unknown, all these things. And it's like, I think for me, I personally know that I could be susceptible to allowing those things in my mind if I allow the noise to enter. And so what I've done is just really put my head down, put my blinders on, you know, turned off whatever, all that media and everything that was just trying to like get through you and just really make you even worse off than I feel like most of it really should have been. And uh, part of that is maybe this is kind of like a defense mechanism for me for like when I'm like, oh, I already know that how I'm going to respond. So I'm going to choose an alternate route. And I just put my head down, grinded the whole time with doing the things that I had to do. Um, At that time, I was just publishing a book. So it's like in the middle of a pandemic, trying to take on this new identity of now you are a published author. You need to learn this whole marketing side, promote your book, do all these things. And it's like that on top of trying to figure out, are we going to die? Are we going to survive? Like, you know, we, we don't know what the hell's going on in our world at this time. And in the meantime, like my, my, uh, one of my businesses, you know, I think I was just so naive and I was like, no, we're doing fine. But in the reality, because I didn't pick my head up for a moment to take in all the things that were happening that I felt like by the time I did, I was just drowning. I felt like I was scrambling and trying to grasp at all the balls that I had thrown in the air, trying to juggle and balance this stuff. And, and it just really came crashing down and it kind of really hit me towards the end of 2020. So it almost took like six months for me to be like, what the hell is going on? And then I felt like I need to make up for it. So because I'm a driver, I just put, you know, go back to the nose to the grindstone, figure shit out. And in 2021, it was just straight out burnout, exhaustion, depletion, um, asking for help. Uh, you know, some investments were bad investments, some investments panned out okay, some did well. So I just felt like I was literally all over the place. And I never really stopped for a moment to take an account like, Rachel, like, what do you want? What do you, what matters most? And I'm just thinking, no, I, I don't even have a moment to think about that because I just have to get shit done because it's what Rachel does. She gets shit done. Like, that's just, you know, a part of my identity. And I realized, like, you know, having to take that step back, and I took a huge step back probably. Uh, I don't know, like July or August of last year, I I really hit another rock bottom. Rock bottom where some deep, dark, nasty thoughts came in my mind, thoughts that I would never entertain, but yet somehow they got there. And that's where the question was. I was like, something's wrong because even though I know I wouldn't entertain or act on any of these things, the fact that they simply penetrated my mind and I got there and I'm like, why are these thoughts even a thought? So when I got that low, it was just like, holy shit, what the freak happened here in this past like year and a half? And now we're going towards the end of 21. And it was just straight up like, I felt like I just had to clean up messes. And they're all self-inflicted. I mean, I'm not blaming anybody. Like this is me. I'm taking responsibility for my life and the choices and the actions and the decisions and all the, the good, bad, and ugly. 
But the reality is, it's like taking that personal accountability and responsibility. And I had a, and I hadn't done that in a while to take that self check. And so, you know, come towards the end of 21, I really did do a whole self-evaluation and realized this isn't the map and the plan that I had envisioned for myself. And I started cutting things. I had to cut losses and and partnerships and relationships and business deals and um, opportunities. But what I really needed was just to go back to basics, you know? And so sometimes it, it takes the the delay to get to where you need to be, sometimes you have to embrace these other lessons that you have yet to learn. So even though you think you might like master one lesson, like, oh no, you know, I talk about confidence and self-empowerment and good choices and and being on top of your, you know, your life, that kind of stuff. But the reality is sometimes it could slip by and, and get through the cracks. And next thing you know, we're down, you know, barely struggling to survive. So come, you know, 22. I had made a, a commitment and a promise to myself at the end of 21 that 22 was a year of doing less so I could be more. And yeah. as as a recovering perfectionist, I mean, my whole life was about doing, 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 and for other people mostly, and not really taking that in for myself. And it wasn't until I actually sat down to write my book that I uncovered and discovered like so much of the stuff that I was doing was really based on my former beliefs and identities. And it was just about recreating myself. And so now in 22, that's, you know, going back to the basics of who and what I am and what I want and what I desire. And if those things that come into my sphere don't align with what that is, I I have to say no. And in fact, I even wrote on my uh, laptop, I put little post-its around that says, do not do, like reminders for myself says, do not do this. Like, and I put my little bullets and even wrote a note to Rachel to remind myself that if they're not abiding by these rules or, you know, the, the terms that I have to work towards, I can, yeah. I have to say no. And it sounds kind of weird. Like, you know, why would somebody write yourself these notes? But the truth is like, we can, you know, we're in the online space. We're easily influenced by something if we don't put our boundaries and guards up. So this is something that I'm personally working on. And so like in 22, it is about doing less to be more. And when I looked at what that means, it's, I want to do more is in regards to relationships. I want to nourish those that matter. You know, we found out in 2020, you know, like life could be gone in a second. And it's, and I know it's like the reality of it, that's every single day, but like how many people were turning towards their loved ones, like with just spending that time and being present because we didn't know that you know, what tomorrow could bring. And I don't think that I was, I wasn't there as much as I would like to be. And in 2020, we're also told not to be around family and friends because of the risk of, you know, passing on a deadly, deadly virus. Um, So this is the year that I want to spend more time with, you know, my friends, family, and loved ones. I want to nourish and build lasting, meaningful relationships with other female women, like, you know, entrepreneurs and um, you know, grow businesses, talk about big things, big ideas, and as well as just nurturing those relationships that I've had for decades. So, you know, it's like you have friends and family that are here and we, we tend to take that for granted that they'll always be there, but the truth is they're not. And it's up to you to be a part of it, but also learning to set those boundaries where, you know, even though relationships, it does take two people, it can't always be one-sided. So that's something that I've realized, like, maybe I haven't been open to being present and available for those who may need me or vice versa. Maybe I hadn't been the person to reach out to some of my friends and family that, you know, they understand I'm always 
busy. Like busy is just, it's not my badge of honor, but it's just right. something I'm always doing. Like I always say, if you give me time, I will spend it. Um, I, if you give me five minutes, I turn that five into 20 and I'm usually 15 minutes late for something. So it's just, it's just what it is, but you know, taking that overview of your life, I challenge you to, to kind of do the same. I mean, maybe taking that inventory isn't, is a, maybe so sad and depressing. And I don't even like to use those words as maybe mine, but it is important to check in with yourself before it becomes too late. And you're further down that spiral, you know, doing and thinking of the things that you would never have done because that's not who you are. Um, So I think it's just important to go back to the integrity of who you are. Um, Whose you are is most important because that's the firm foundation that you stand upon. So no matter what happens in this world, you have something that's grounding you and that's your creator. You know, spending more time with God was my one thing. I realized I was spending a lot of time with just doing doing things that I thought I could have the control over to um, you know, plow through and power over. But the truth is, is that no matter what you make the plans, God laughs because that's not his plan. You know, so just taking that step back allows me to see things more clearly, have a relationship with with God that is really uh, more centered and empowered. And I just turn to him because I know that when I'm not doing and more being, I start to see the opportunities and the plans unfold that he has created for me versus me trying to do it. And, you know, when we take control of our, our lives and we feel like it's spinning out of control, well, we have to realize, well, who's got the wheel at this moment? And I, I had the wheel and I was just, you know, swerving left and right and ready to crash and burn. So I think it's just important again to take time for self-reflection and get crystal clear on what it is and how you got there. But yet then unraveling that to find out the actions uh, that you can do to, you know, make better choices, the ones that pan out that are more conducive to who you are and what your future unfolds and just being present. And that's just, again, 2022 is the year of doing less to be more. But the truth is, even though we're uh, you know, a, a couple months into this year, I already feel lighter and freer. And I actually feel more accomplished by doing less and focusing on the bigger things that matter versus a race to get the you know, never ending to do list done. So it's just something we wanted to share because, you know, we have a podcast that we pour out such uh, content for inspiration, motivation, and empowerment. But like the reality is if, you know, we have to, we have to disclose some of these things too, because this is what keeps it real raw and relatable because we're not perfect. We don't have our shit together. We're hot messes, but we're just doing the best we can with what we know and trying to figure it out as we go. And that's our, our message and our, our mission to serve others. And, um, you know, if we can't be honest with ourselves, then I feel like we can't be honest with you. So we just wanted to take some time and share this. And I know that Aaron wanted to, to talk about some of the positive stuff that come out of it. And I will too. I mean, I'm just gonna, um, we just wanted to keep this part real and, uh, this episode might be just a tad bit longer than than normal, but um, we wanted to do this uh, not only for ourselves, but to give back and let you guys know that you're not alone. Our own little therapy sesh. But no, I think it's great that we're talking about like 2020 because I think so many people are affected by it. 2020, even though um, we're in denial. Like I'd be like, mm, didn't bother me, not one little bit. But like, honestly, I feel like that's just like such like fertile, like breeding ground for chaos that people are just now starting to see like years later because. There's all this stuff like on top of it. Like I said, I feel like COVID messed with me way more mentally than physically because I had two years of people telling me to be terrified. And if you get it, you're going to die. You know, so right. it's like, it's whether you acknowledge it or not, you've been hearing that for two years and then you get it and you're pregnant. And it's like, <gasps> and then you realize like, 
Okay. Like, yes, it is real and people can die from it, but like for most, right. The majority where it was like, okay, like I had like nasal congestion and like, right. Like I know a lot of people have more severe symptoms, but it was one of those things where it just, I feel like that was the gateway to like this mental downward spiral. And so I think that just shows us the importance of like handling and dealing with issues ahead of time, instead of just like pushing them behind either closet door, which is what I've always done. And I think, you know, same thing where it comes like with having a baby, right. I was like up Googling, which terrible to start. <laughs> but I was like, Googling all the things about trying to have a VBAC versus a C-section for my second baby. And like, holy crow, like you're going to see all kinds of horrible, terrible things that make you feel like you're going to die either way. So it doesn't matter. And so it's just um, protecting your mind. But then I realized that, you know, with my first child, like his birth between like the induction and then 24 hour labor and then emergency C-section, then being him in the NICU for three weeks. Like it took somebody else telling me like, that's more than one trauma. Like that's a birth trauma. And then the NICU is its own trauma. (laughs) And you had two dramas that you just never even thought about after it was over. Cause that's how my brain works, right? It's done. It's over. We're all alive. We're all here, like move through it. But then didn't even think about it until I'm about to have a second baby. And obviously it makes sense. Like now I'm like preparing for trauma, which probably, I mean, anything can happen, but might not happen, but my body's responding to these thoughts of an upcoming trauma. So of course I'm going to be anxious and have all these thoughts about my upcoming birth. Cause I'm already like assuming that it's going to be a terrible traumatic event. So my point is, had I realized that the first time, like you can work through those traumas with professional health people before it gets to the compounding snowball effect of anxiety on top of anxiety on top of anxiety. So I think realizing that, you know, we need to something, I feel like everybody's different. So I'm obviously not a licensed professional giving any advice, but I think there are some things that happen in our life and it's like, yeah, you can move on, be resilient and we can overcome them pretty easy. But I feel like we need to take inventory of what those are, because sometimes there are things that you maybe should seek help with (laughs) so that it doesn't turn into something bigger later on down the road. So I think, you know, with that, and then um, Rachel talked about it too, like just like some of the positives though, it's like, there's an author I really like, Matthew Kelly, who was talking about, oh, I, when I was, when I couldn't sleep all these nights, nine nights in a row of like not sleeping because my nasal congestion, like I was afraid I was, I couldn't breathe through my nose and I was afraid if I fell asleep, I wouldn't breathe. I don't know. It was weird. Talk about just <laughs> irrational thoughts. So I was like sleep for like an hour and be up all the time. So I was like, all right, like I'm going to be productive. And I'm watching like miracles on Amazon prime and like trying to find like any like Jesus documentary. And I was watching these YouTube videos from Matthew Kelly, who's an author I like. And he was talking about how so many people focus a lot on like their, you know, a fitness regimen or like their, you know, their diet and how they eat and what they put into their bodies and all this kind of stuff. But he was talking about like paying attention to your content diet. And I was like, huh, I'm someone that's like true crime shows, like mystery, all this stuff. And it's like, no wonder my mind sometimes goes back because I have all these like subconscious thoughts of horrible, shitty things that I've seen on TV of terrible, right? Like all the law and order criminal minds, like that's some messed up stuff sometimes. And it's like in your brain. So he's just talking about like, your content diet and what, how, how, what you consume 
mentally, right? What we watch, what we listen to, all that kind of stuff. And I was just thinking like, okay, like my brain is like a breeding ground for negativity because I'm watching like all this stuff and thinking and processing all these things. So I would say that was one positive from January was just listening. I just totally like stopped. I haven't watched, I think my husband and I watched like the toughest race on Amazon Prime because that's, you know, empowering. But like, I haven't watched any like fictional thing. And that's not to say I never will. I'm sure we'll watch like a movie, comic, whatever in the future. But I'm saying like, all I've been doing is so focused on like listening to sermons. Like Pastor Craig Groeschel has been my like best friend this year. Just like constantly listening to sermons and constantly like listening, whatever it is, is trying to feed my mind more positive things so that it doesn't go down that like negative path. So I feel like sometimes, you know, depending on what we all believe in, obviously Rachel and I believe in God. And I feel like sometimes, you know, when things like that happen, God uses those moments. And I feel like God's just been using these moments to be like, Hey, like let's hang more. Like let's you and I chat a little bit more and spend more time together versus you doing all these other things. And, um, and then lastly too, cause I know we're probably going over our regular time, but I'd mentioned it like on social media too, but I think it was so, it was just something that helped me a lot. So if it helps anybody else, I was um, listening to a sermon where the, the pastor was talking about like making like a box or a jar, whatever it is and labeling it God or whatever it is that you believe in. And for, for me, it's God. And so it was like saying, like writing down all the things that are on your mind, right? Because how many times as Christians do we hear, give it to God, it's in God's hands, like God has it. And we say that and we might believe it, but really like we want to be in control of it all. <laughs> and so um, it's like you put your your thoughts or what's bothering you or concerning you like into this jar. So it kind of, I don't know, everyone's different for me. I like a physical, like actual, like symbolic thing to like feel that way. I could say, yes, I give this to God, but like something about the physical, like doing of it. And so I, I heard that sermon. I was like, that's such a brilliant idea. I'm going to do it. And I thought about it for like two days. I told Ryan about it. And then like on like the third day, he's like, where's your God jar? You said you were going to make, I'm like, yeah, maybe I should make it. And making it just means put a post-it on a jar. And it says, God, it wasn't a difficult thing. And then, um, so then I had it made for three days and I would come home at night after basketball practice and be talking to my husband and be like, telling him all the things I'm stressed about. And he's like, wow. He's like, that's crazy. You have that much on your mind, but I see there's nothing you've given to God over there. And I was like, Ugh. so it took me a whole nother three days just to put anything in this jar. So it just was like eye opening to how much control we want to have or think we should have or need to be having over our lives that we don't. And so I think like after like just putting that in there, right? Because then the whole idea is if you want to worry about that, you have to go physically take it out of the jar. So you have to physically take it out of God's hands and be like, Nope, not giving this to you anymore. I got this. I'm going to take control and worry about it. So that's been really, really helpful. So I feel like those are just some things that like, you know, have a positive, positive spin and it's not fun, right? Like everyone always talks about like, you know, God using like hard moments to like prepare you, make you stronger, prepare you for your mission, all that kind of stuff. And I feel like whenever it's on the outside looking in, it's like, yeah, good. Like they were, they, they went through that struggle and now look at them. It's easy to cheer on. But then when it's you going through a struggle, I'm like, all right, God, like I get it. Like when's this going to be done? Like when are, what are we doing? So it's harder when you're in the moment, but I think just focusing on those things and finding people that you can talk to or strategize or ways that you can 
handle and work through emotion by emotion and dismantling how irrational some of them are, right? Because we always want to make it worse than it is, especially when we're in the moment. So I think just finding those. But it's like I said, it's, I think January sucked. I hate saying it sucked because, like I just said, there's so many learning moments. So I guess it didn't suck, but you know, yeah. the worse things suck, the better they are sometimes, I guess. That, yeah. And I always say like, there, there's beauty in the struggle and it's, uh, you know, hindsight allows you to say that. Right. Cause as you're in the middle yeah. of the struggle, you're just like, this shit's not beautiful. This is suffering. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. but, but it's true because when we come through it and we know that, you know, it's taken one day at a time. Right. So allowing yourself, like when we feel the heaviness and the grief and it's like, we're lamenting over it and it's like, but what if we were just able to just take it literally one day at a time and not feel like we have to take on and do everything in our power and in control. And I think, you know, for me, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow because I'm, I'm a doer. It's just, it's something ingrained in me. I don't know how to sit still. People say Netflix and chill. I'm like Netflix and Googling questions on the shows that I'm watching because my husband gets annoyed that I keep asking him all the questions. And so I'm always multitasking because my brain never shuts off. And so, you know, what I've been finding for myself is that I, I love journaling as a writer, you know, I, I just write down a lot of stuff. And so I was going through some of my notes and my journals from last year. And it was like, I mean, it, it's almost like a modern day Psalms, like it's Rachel pouring her heart out to God. And it was just like, that was so therapeutic for me, but it's not like it, you know, it's not like I would just dump it out there and all of a sudden like feel miraculous, but it was just, right. I need somebody to turn to and talk to. And it was just, for me, that's my uh, form of expression is to write from my heart. And so, you know, that was just something that, that helped me. I don't know if, if any of you are journalers and in love writing, but the, the beauty of just getting it out of what's inside of you. So you could feel like there's some release and a little bit of peace there. Um, but also just, you know, having somebody to turn to and, and, and confide in, you know, for many of us, we're just thinking, we don't want to burden our friends and family. So maybe that's where, you know, bringing in a therapist is, is uh, beneficial. And that was something that uh, I actually had to do again last year in 2021. Like I said, 20 was just like, holy shit, this whole world, like, you know, business isn't what it used to be. I'm this new identity. The the world's in chaos. We don't know what's going to happen. Our friends and family is going to, you know, die. We don't know. Haven't seen loved ones in months. So you just feel like you're in this isolation box. And like what Aaron had said, it, it, it induces more panic and anxiety. And I feel like we all have anxious moments, but it's like, are you living with daily anxiety? And I found that I was, and I never really even consider myself an anxious person because I'm always just, I don't know, I'm intense and I'm always on the go. Like it's, to me, it's just, that's who I am. So I didn't recognize that. So after, you know, bringing on a, a, a counselor, um, you know, working on my mental and emotional health was the time. Cause I felt like a breaking point. It was like, now is the time I need to seek a help. And so I, I hired a new uh, mental health counselor and we started talking and uh, I found out that, yeah, I actually do indeed have anxiety as well as ADHD, which was something I always knew I had, but joked about it. Because if you're a child from the 90s, it was just like, you just need to try harder and do more and all the stuff, which probably led to my perfectionism. But it was really nice to know that you now have a diagnosis label or whatever. And I hate labels, by the way. Like it just makes sense because now when I find myself in those moments, it just now gives me a resource and tool that I could tap into to help manage and overcome certain things versus allowing myself to get further out of 
control and spiral into those deep, dark places that I never want to go again. So, you know, having that awareness was just so insightful. And, you know, I think that in the reason why I share this, because I've in my own journey right now, of just kind of figuring this stuff out. I realized that so many other people also go through this and it gave me assurance to know that I'm not alone. And it's not stigmatic and it's not like taboo and we just don't talk about this shit. But this, the reality is, is like mental and emotional health is so important. We need to talk about it. And I mean, is it cool to like air this stuff publicly? I don't know, but I'm just keeping it real and raw. Like this is what it is. So if it if you find that this has been helpful or valuable or any of the tips or just the the fact that you're not alone, helpful. We'd love to hear about it inside the confident woman community because we talk about this stuff, right? Like to be a confident woman, it's about owning all facets of your life. It's about, you know, doing the hard stuff and, and overcoming. It's about strengthening your skill set, your character, uh, you know, building and becoming a more confident version of who you are. And I think that if we keep dismissing, denying, and just, you know, throwing stuff under a rug, we can't actually be a confident version of ourselves because that's not living to our true identity and who we are and whose we are. So, you know, these are important conversations that should be taking place, at least in your own mind, but also verbally to, uh, you know, somebody who does have your back and is supportive, or even just a community that, you know, knowing that you are not the only person going through certain things like that. So. Again, we love to hear from you guys. Um, you know, drop us a voice memo on the podcast. Hit us up in the Confident Woman community. Come in, join us. We'd love to partake in that. And uh, we just value your time and thank you for listening. So we'll catch you on the other episodes and hopefully we'll continue sharing more inspiration and hope and light. And um, we look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Hey, it's Erin and Rachel. If you love what you're hearing, and I know you are, be sure to subscribe, like, and review the Confident Woman podcast. We appreciate you listening. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. Um, For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's the Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Erin underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.